Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. What's up, Lightweights? Today we have Alex Warren, TikTok superstar, YouTube powerhouse, and the voice of an angel. Oh, what an introduction. <laughs> That's sick. <laughs> Your songs are incredible. Thank you. You obviously always have been singing. Yes. And then you did YouTube, right? You left it to pursue your music career. Mm-hmm. And it's been crushing. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I started social media off singing, which was something that um, if you scroll all the way down, you'll see. Um, and no one gave a absolute fuck. So I just started uh, doing comedy videos. And uh, obviously, as we're very well aware, that uh, those had some controversy. And uh, <laughs> um, yeah, and I think it was just a big thing was just finding myself. And so I, I realized that I started this off doing music. I wanted to, you know, pursue that. And I, I feel like I had a story to tell with everything I've lived. And uh, the rest is history. And you started doing that on Vine? Before Vine, even when I, w- I was posting singing videos onto like YouTube, pretty much, and like I like on a separate account, no one ever knows about because God, they're fucking awful. But but um, they're still up. Yeah, they're they're somewhere floating around the ether if you find them. Um, was it under your name or did you have a moniker? I had a moniker. It was pretty cool. What was it? Yeah, uh, it was. Uh, I mean, if you don't want to say, it. it was like um, Alex Man something. Alex Man something. Oh, that's all I'll give you. <laughs> <laughs> and then what kind of songs were you doing? I was just doing covers. I think I I, I was always part of a musical family. Um, and then I think music a lot of times was for me with everything I've gone through, just a coping mechanism to be able to like talk about it. I was a hopeless romantic. I was a chubby, fat, white kid. Same. And I <laughs> quite literally... Dude, I, I thought a backflip would get me a girlfriend. I thought being able to sing could get me a girlfriend so I'd do talent shows in like fifth grade and I'd be like this song's for my baby easy come easy and then sing grenade and absolutely fucking bomb that shit and there's a video of that somewhere too So someone has it of me like I remember seeing the video and it's literally for I have really bad stage fright and like that was just terrible you have stage fright? had I, I don't have it as much I mean I for a job I perform so I mean <laughs> I kind of ha- can't have stage fright but I think I just always struggle with anxiety and I'm always scared of failing. There's something cool about doing YouTube where as scared as you can be, you're doing it in the comfort of your own home. I used to do singing videos too. I waited till everybody was out of the house and they were gone for an hour. That way I can get the right take and then upload it. But there was still a fear of posting it on YouTube because 
I knew people were going to see it, especially people that I, I knew and they were going to give me feedback. And they're like, I saw your video. Did you fear that as well? Or once it was out there, you kind of were just letting it coast? No, because I was oblivious to the fact that I may not have been the best. Like, I always thought I could sing and I used to actually suck a little bit. Uh-huh. And um, I used to just post these singing videos and then everyone would say like, oh, this is good or oh, this is ass. And um, I think I just never really paid attention to it. And then one day I posted my singing video while I like I hadn't posted a singing video in a while. I gave up on it and I was doing the comedy stuff. We were in Hype House and I, it was like 1 a.m. and Cover's brushing her teeth and I'm just on, on the shitter. And I just start singing a song and I posted it. And the next morning it was at 10 million views. And I had JVKE, the guy who does Golden Hour reach out to me and he was like hey do you want to write a song and I was like I have a song from when I was 15 that I'd love to write and or finish and we finished One More I Love You there that's insane yeah all because you were doing the comedy video someone reached out yeah and then I just randomly posted a singing video and it did really well and that blew up on TikTok yeah that on, was a, your- on a second account that I created that night that was your first viral um no my this I, we were already part of hype house at the time that was my first singing viral song right. or a singing viral video yeah did something click in your brain at that point that you can pursue this yeah and so like after that I, I started like the problem is is that everyone at that time was doing music so like every tiktoker so the minute i posted the singing video everyone was like oh great another tiktoker who thinks they can sing and i'm like well guys hold on <laughs> i have a story <laughs> let me tell it <laughs> um so i waited a whole year after that to post a song and then i posted my song and uh how long did you have it recorded for i had it recording for, recorded for a year like we recorded it right after i posted that video and then we waited a full year we moved into a new house hype house kind of died down and then i posted the song and it did really well which i was stoked about and did you wait for that reason to try and let the buzz of something else die before you not necessarily i think it was just all about timing um, there's a lot of moving parts in the music industry that no one kind of talks about where like you have mixing mastering you have uh politics in the music industry where like i wasn't signed to anyone i was independent i had all these things and when you put out a song you need to be represented by someone or do it yourself and pay for something like distro kid um if you're familiar with what that is it's like a a, uh, it's like a tiktok but you can post to all the different daws or not daws uh dsps like spotify yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. um but yeah so there's just a bunch of like little scummy things in the background that like managers were trying to do and i was just like i just want to put out the song i don't even know if i want to pursue music if people are going to fucking hate it i don't want to bombard people let me just put out this fucking song put out the song and i was like all right i'm doing more of this (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah i remember when it dropped your voice literally was just so powerful thank you i appreciate it that was definitely it is crazy how long ago that was and how different my voice has become because of it what fear did you have posting that versus your regular youtube video well my whole thing was like this was authentically me i think for the longest time especially watching like david and, and taking on kind of that like vlog style and also kind of like accidentally taking a lot of the mimics of him I felt like I lost myself in a little bit like I didn't know who I was growing up with that like a dad or or any of those things you kind of don't you don't have anyone to kind of teach you who you are and so for me doing that and also being able to tell my story was kind of like a hey I'm Alex and this is my first time introducing my most authentic self and I think that's scary that's scary for everyone I think regardless of who you are everyone on the internet has like a persona that they play or a person they wanted to be and so they emulate that in their um, content and in their 
uh, personalities on social media and then they're fully different on a, on a back thing. But what you see is what you get type of thing. And that's scary. That's scary to do. What was the response from the video versus your song? Because obviously your videos were fun, happy, go lucky, but the song is so much more heartfelt. I think it was a full 180, but I, I was shocked that everyone cared. Like that was the thing where, you know, with like, with the the vlogs like I had to mute a lot of comments I had to mute the David Dobrik comments I had to mute like all this stuff I didn't mute anything literally that post was fully everything and there wasn't one I, I, I scrolled all the way and I found like two hate comments and I was like that's nuts because the song is blowing the, the, the music video is blowing up the song's blowing up and no one is commenting like oh David Dobrik wannabe wants to be Louis Capaldi like it was literally like this is fucking insane I lost my dad and I feel some sort, sort of way and I was like this is nuts. That's crazy. I know. It was the coolest feeling ever. I, I, I think that's like, as a musician, you're constantly chasing that feeling. Can we talk about your YouTube process, the shooting, your editing, posting? Yeah. And kind of just, I want to know what everything was like at the height of all of your vlogging. Um, Hype House. So I was vlogging for a while. If you, like, I took down a lot of the videos, but like, I've been posting videos since like 2011. I was 11 years old and there was a webcam and I would, I would film in front of it. But, um, once Hype House blew up, we I, I no one was used to it. I think we just had so many people waiting to see what was happening in that house, especially because it was COVID. So no one, no one could leave their houses. We were just doing really dumb shit. Like we were buying random stuff and fucking around in a mansion with all our friends. And I think that was kind of like a reality show for a lot of people, especially the vlogs. So we had, you know, so many different people vlogging at the time and it gave everyone different perspectives of it. Um, but I, I would film all day every day and then i would edit all day for one day post by yourself it, yeah post it that day and then start filming again and that was kind of like the whole process so i would film for six days on the seventh day i would start editing right in the morning or the night before and i would upload by noon or four that day and it would just vary on like i would look at who posted and it's like okay do i want to compete with that video so like if david posted i wouldn't post that day but then it started becoming a radical, and I was like, fuck, when is he posting? I don't want to post this day because then you're competing. Yeah. Back in that time, like when everyone was, because everyone at that time was like doing really, really well. I think it was just because there was an influx of people on the platform. So then it was just kind of like you didn't want to collide with everyone else's shit. And then as far as your ideas of you filmed for that week, yeah. were you stressed that you didn't have enough footage? Yes. And if you. And if so sorry. Oh no, go ahead. And if you didn't, you would you would then go, all right, quick, I have to do this. Quick, I have to do that. Um, oh, I know a that a like, all right, guys, that's it for today's video. If you enjoyed it, go ahead and like that'll take twenty seconds. And so I can add twenty seconds. Is that up to four minutes, five minutes? Because I don't want to post a three minute video because like that's lame. Like everyone was posting four minutes or more, you know. And that was something where you were constantly like running around trying to make sure you did. But at a certain point, you kind of get into a rhythm on like oh shit I'm I'm at four minutes I know I'm at four minutes regardless and I can always add these things or take away and add it to the next one how strict were you on what you shared was there a threshold of like ah this sucks the audio is not good I didn't film it correctly yeah I was really 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 like um oh what's the word like I, I yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't put it out if it had like bad lighting or if it had bad audio or like I was really weird about it but I think that was also just because I wanted it all to flow. And if there's something really different, I was kind of like, oh, that throws me off. When you heard that one of your friends was filming a really cool bit, you came. did you go with an intention of what kind of idea you want to try and film? Or was it whatever happened? That's what you were capturing? Fuck, that's actually a good-ass question. Um, 
I don't know. I didn't think a lot. A lot of people at that time weren't really filming really cool th- bits, like if that makes sense in our group. I but think wouldn't like Thomas like plan something, or like when Dominic would come and do a science experiment? Oh sure, that type of thing. Um, I most of the time I was behind it, but when if let's just say Thomas was kind of his whole idea was with his vlogs was to be all raw don't do anything as in like oh whatever everyone's doing like this is like a reality show for everyone so he really wouldn't set up things but like if he was doing a prank it was typically like no he wouldn't tell anyone so you really wouldn't know but um did you try to get involved on those pranks so you can kind of help out if if someone needed it i don't think it was like it was kind of something where everyone i think there was an unspoken thing where like I wanted my stuff for myself and he wanted his stuff for himself and so we never kind of tried to collide but I think sometimes I'd like film if he was doing something he's like hey you want to come and I'm like sure I would film like oh for Thomas's thing he's doing this go check it out and then I would put some funny thing just to put time in I guess yeah that's so funny I haven't thought about this in so long I stopped vlogging I think like two years ago two and a half years ago and I just I totally forgot that was a part of my life <laughs> that's so funny how you kind of move on to something yeah. completely new and it's just like you're done with it. Well, I started getting really, really, really depressed with the videos. I think after a certain time doing it for three years, um, there's only so much you can do. Um, I always envied David for that. David could figure out fucking anything to do, and I didn't know how he came up with half the shit he came up with. But um, I think it was something where I we were going to a wedding, and I almost contemplated not going because I couldn't bring my camera to film it. And I had to take a step back and be like, what the fuck is wrong with me? I think those were things where it's like I'm missing out on crucial parts of my life because I'm so focused on filming it that I'm going to miss it. And I don't remember a lot of things back from like those cool last days. Like you're asking me about Hype House and you're asking me about all these things. And I'm like, I couldn't, I can only tell you what I filmed. I don't remember anything past that. And it's like, that sucks. Like imagine going to college and you were so busy filming your college experience, you don't actually remember it. You know, and like when you post vlogs, especially four and a half minute vlogs, they're filtered. So like you only see what I chose to give you. And it's like that sucks. Like I, wh- I want to remember these crazy memories I couldn't post, you know, once you posted it, did you delete all the footage? Did you back everything up? No, I mean, I have a fuck ton of SD cards, but eventually when you have that much stuff and you're in a quick pickle, like you kind of have to like clear SD cards. And I think that was like annoying. I constantly was deleting shit. Yeah. What was one moment that you filmed that you were so pumped? You got it on camera. You filmed it right. The audio was great. The lighting was perfect. The framing was exactly how you needed it. My friend was, my friend Papper was bucked off a horse. What is bucked off? Um, I, I loved, I, I loved getting like animals, but like my friend Papper's on the bigger set. And um, I always thought it'd be hilarious to watch someone who's a bit bigger on a horse. And, like, I was bigger at the time, so I can say this. But um, it was something where, like, he he was like, fuck yeah, like, let's ride this fucking horse. And he put on a helmet. He took off everything. He went in a Speedo. And um, he hops on the horse. And he's never ridden a horse in his entire life. And (laughs) immediately once he gets on the horse, the horse kicks the back. And he goes flying. And I, I like I wasn't planning on filming it because we weren't filming the bit yet, but I just pressed record and I was like, okay, Pappers. And as I'm explaining it, the fucking horse just goes, and this, he just like goes, and then just lands. And I was like, holy, that's my favorite thing I've ever filmed to this day. Yeah. And it was so funny. I think we were all like dying for like 20, 30 minutes. It was great. Was this during COVID? No, this is at the the final hype house that we were at, um, Santa Rosa Valley. So I, this is right after COVID. For people who may not be as familiar with Hype House, what exactly was it? Hype House was a collective of a bunch of people. Um, it started 
it started in 2019. I was I was in my hometown of Carlsbad with like a group of people. Huddy would come down, um, and we would all just film my vlogs. This is right when I started getting like somewhat popular. This is right when Jason did the. Uh, or a little bit before Jason did that roast and he's like you stopped vlogging you gave your career to Alex Warren you remember that yeah I remember we watched that all in my living room and we're like that's fucking hilarious um but we uh you all knew each other through TikTok no we all grew up together and then Huddy was introduced through like just a, a mutual friend but I grew up with half the people there and then after that Thomas started coming around and he was like hey like you know I just left Team 10 um would love to like I see you're doing this with a bunch of people would love to like kind of like put it together and do it in LA and I'm like I in the hobby it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks we hype ourselves up thinking we could pull one of the best autographs in the game but guess what with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates it's all just a shot in the dark until now introducing slab packs from arenaclub.com the only repack that provides real value a complete view of all possible cards and clear hit rates for each one now when I buy slab packs on arena club it finally feels like i know what i'm getting what i love is the display of the available cards the hit rates and the grading arena is a marketplace for card collecting buying trading selling displaying and with arena club slab packs they're revolutionizing the repack game with transparency after your pulls are revealed they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling you can have them officially graded by arena club the arena club grading process is accurate fast and transparent with a full grade rationale provided and explanation of how you your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have to check out. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash lightweights. Wow, that's a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's $40 right there. Anyways, go to arenaclub.com slash lightweights for 10% off your first purchase. This episode is sponsored by Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning platform available on desktop or as an app, and that it truly immersifies you in the language that you want to learn. Maybe you have an upcoming international trip or you want to connect with a family or a friend. I know a lot of people who want to learn a new language just to pick up a new hobby. I can personally attest to this as I used Rosetta Stone when I went to Italy for my honeymoon. It helped me brush up on the Italian that I learned back in school and I was able to get through the land and speak the native language. It made it so much more fun, plus my wife loved it. They're the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish. There's no English translation, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language. Plus, there's lifetime membership and access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off a steal. Don't put off that language learning. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Lightweight's podcast listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language learning courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. It's the Joe Guarantee. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply never moved to LA I fucking hate that place and fucking a month later that dude texts me and he goes hey I have a house a mansion come live with us bring all your friends and we'll do something you can take all the stress off you because I was fucking stressed I was a 19 year old paying for everyone's rent filming vlogs and he was like I was like fuck okay I bought out my little huddy paid for my lease to be bought out and uh we moved up and uh that week we started Hype House uh we came up with the name and then um, did a photo shoot with Bryant, and then right the day after we did the photo shoot, we posted the photos, and all of a sudden it blew up. You guys posted the photos? Yes. And then was it all systems go? Everyone kind of took on their own roles of how they were going to contribute to the group? What was nice is most people in that house wanted to be, like, TikTok famous or, like, famous in, in general. So, like, the minute that all started happening, everyone kind of went wire and just, like, started posting fuck ton. Everyone's like, okay, we got to post three times a day. We have, to, we have to do this. And everything was very calculated. Like, that was the thing that not a lot of people thought. Like, everyone kind of thought that everyone there was just grabbing everyone near them and be like, let's film a TikTok. And that's how it started. Like, I remember Addison would come over. Addison, Charlie, and Dixie never lived there, but they would come over and be like, hey, I need... And they would kind of do... They would go, hey, Taylor, I need you. Da-da-da, I need you. I need you. I need you. Come over here for this video and explain them on the spot and then do it. And I was like, I am so fascinated by this. Because at that time, I still wanted to do music. I was like, this is so interesting. And I started, like, watching them all interact. And I, I kind of watch politics happen. Like, I kind of watch how they're like, okay, I only film with these people. I don't film with this person. This person films with me, but I don't film with that person. I'm like, holy fucking crap. It's crazy. Were there a lot of ideas that would get turned down by people? No, 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 no. And no one was – no. you know how YouTube, like, you're very selective on what you posted? Yeah. TikTok was different for the fact that they posted everything. And, like, that was the thing of, like – even on my main account, I on TikTok, I post like once every like few weeks because I really care about like what I'm posting because I, I want it to do well. Where like some people, some people just get a shit ton of content out and it works. Oh my god, it works. You think they both the both those styles work? Yeah, yeah. I think it's it, it's all subjective because it's like it, some people need to eat up content every day. There's this one guy I'm watching, Sean Gatz. Sean posts every single day and he's working on a house and it's like every single day you get an update on what he's working on. And to me, that's sick. And it's like, I would want to watch that every day. If I watch that once a week, I don't think it'd be as entertaining. I want to see every day what it's like, you know? Yeah. So it, it just depends on the person. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Okay, so you guys start blowing up. Yep. All eyes are on you guys. Mm -hmm. At this point, where is your YouTube channel in the midst of all this TikTok hype? Oh, mine, mine's doing very well. This is right when I started blowing Like, when Hype House blew up, that's when my vlog started blowing up because I decided... I wasn't posting in TikToks. I, I would post my clips to TikTok, and that would then blow up the videos, and I kind of had, like, a system going where every time I would vlog a video, I would get the, the most prominent highlight, put it onto TikTok, and be like, if you want the full video, go check it out on YouTube, and that's how it worked. Um, were people envious that you were doing that in that house? No, I think everyone adopted it. That was the thing where, like, I was doing that long before. That's how I initially, like, that's that's what blew up. Like, before Hype House or anything, I would post these clips, and every day, five times a day, or five times every time I posted a vlog, I would post those clips, and they would they started blowing up. And that's why Thomas wanted us to move up there. 
And so I kept doing it. It just grew in scale when Hype House blew up. And then I started filming with the people like Dixie and Charlie and, and Bryce and everyone who was kind of like grabbing that hype. And then I kind of just piggybacked on it by filming them. Yeah. Yeah. And your AdSense, I assume, was high. Shit. No, it was shit. Really? Yeah, it was like four bucks. Oh, wow. And then four to six dollars. And you were doing under eight minute videos. Mm-hmm. And that's why it was shit. And then my CPM didn't start actually. My CPM went to like $11 after I went into Google Preferred. Uh-huh. Now, once I was in Google Preferred, but that took like two years. So, like, during the height of it all, like, it really wasn't It wasn't as lucrative. I mean, it was a lot of money, but it wasn't as lucrative as, like, you hear about these guys making millions of dollars in a month. Did and you, I was doing views that should have made me a million dollars in a month. Did, was there anything that made you want to do longer videos to try and get three ads in it? Or? No. I, like, everyone was like, dude, dude you'll make so, – I'll make double the amount of money I'm making right now if I did that. And I was just like, no. Like, that's – I feel like – I prefer to grow and get bigger than take a payday because it's like, you know, you're only, you can only be popular for so long, you know? Did you have a formula for how much money you were putting back into your content? No, and I should have because I lost a lot of money doing that. Really? Yeah, I, I think it was something where it's like I wanted to do like the whole structure of like I'm putting all my money back into my videos. and You it wanted to do that? Yeah, it just doesn't work when it's not a profitable like thing like that. I think I was making like – five thousand sometimes ten thousand dollars a video towards the end of it and i was putting in like i think fifteen twenty thousand dollars a video so it was like you know and i was doing once a week at that time so like at a certain point i was wasting around like seventy thousand dollars a month on content for that stressing you out no because i thought it was an investment like into my thing and i think it was just the videos weren't this is right when youtube started dying down so when tiktok started really taking away from youtube i think that was started happening in 2021 2022 um and that was when, like, you know, everyone who had 3 million views, all of a sudden, the next day, were doing 500,000. And everyone's like, what the fuck? And that happened to everyone. Except for, like, if you were, like, Logan Paul, David Dobrik, all the, like, big-ass names where it didn't matter and no one would notice. Right. But it's crazy, yeah. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. What was the biggest waste of money on your bits? Where you spent way too much, you got nothing out of it, maybe you didn't even post it. Um... There's a few things that, like, it was never, like, an obnoxious purchase because I think I had those a lot more planned out. Like, if I had a helicopter landing on my driveway, I kind of mapped the whole entire idea out. How much was that? $5,000? It wasn't as much as I thought it'd be. Like For you, is there contemplating that? Or are you like, no, I need it? No, because to me, it's memories, too. I think the, the around this time, it's like I started vlogging I, I remember this is i started vlogging because i wanted to do something with our lives i would see all my friends that were just getting high and sitting around on a couch and it's like i have aspirations of doing well monetarily and success wise and i want to obviously look after them as well and i was like these are memories where we're going to tell our kids it's like you know oh look at the helicopter in the sky i used to dad had one of those land on the fucking driveway it's like those are cool stories i think i could tell my kids that justified the purchase at that time and i could afford it at the time so that was something really sick do you ever go back and watch those old videos? No. I think it was something where I was just not... I think down the line I will, but now I, I right now I understand how I felt in those times, and it's like I don't really want to like revisit that. Do you re-watch your music videos? No. I And I come up with my music videos, too. And like that's something where like I, I feel like I should, but I don't know. I don't know why I don't. I just don't. <laughs> what stressed you out the most about YouTube when you were posting? Staying relevant. That was the biggest thing, I think. You're not, unless you, like, 
a lot of times, like, unless you're a huge name that has done a ton of things, you're not really safe, I think. Like, it's really easy for you to just kind of get forgotten. I think with TikTok, it was like, TikTok was driving all my views. Like, if I posted a TikTok, I got 20 million views. If I posted a YouTube video, I got 500,000. It was like, so at a certain point, I was just like, do I quit the thing that makes me the money? Because TikTok at the time wasn't making the money. And, like, it famously hasn't, you know? So it's like something where, like, do I just try and go for brand deals and stuff like that and like i ended up doing that because it was just a lot easier in music i love so what were your favorite partnerships you did i love working with doordash and verizon like those two are just great because they like a lot of companies sometimes don't have the capital to spend behind them but also i think i love working with companies who understand like hey i know my audience if i post this this will do well and um they were really really easy on like what i could do and it, it worked out and eight sleep eight sleep's awesome have you seen have you heard of them oh the bed company oh do that oh do they have the headphones in the mattress no um the they have a they have the vibrator in the mattress that like uh wakes you up and shakes you oh that's sick. um but it's a uh, it's split in half and it's cold on one side and hot on one side and it was like something where i sleep so hot i used the cold side but they literally were like do whatever the fuck you want i did whatever i want and i got 15 million views and they're like all right do it again and so wow. we, we just kept doing it working together and i was like fuck yeah yeah i love it did you invest your money i should have no to this day i still don't <laughs> You're like this fucking idiot. No, not at all. <laughs> I think it's something. I have a lot of liquid, but I I don't know what to do with it. I think a lot of people, especially in this, they've come into the money and they just are so lost with what to do. I bought watches and cars, um, and watches have proved me fine so far, um, and cars I've never lost a dollar. Oh, that's great. I've always made money, but I sold all my cars. I sold. I, I have all my watches. I haven't sold any of those, but I. Um, yeah, I sold all the cars. I'm I just have a, a TRX and a Tesla. I don't know what a TRX is. A uh, truck. Cool. Okay. Like a pickup truck. Yes, yes, yes. Because I surf. I love surfing. Do you? Yeah. Where do you surf? Um, a lot of times the point in Malibu. Okay. Yeah. But. Is that you're from Carlsbad? Is that landlocked? Like, is that pretty far from the coast? I mean, you're nearby. Yeah. Yeah, it's not bad at all. Can you see any of the members of Hype House speaking out about how it was? No, <laughs> I mean maybe I don't know I think here's the thing I think it's a headache and a headache that no one wants to deal with because it will inevitably probably end in lawsuits and I think that's the thing that that sucks I think but it's also it's so in the past that I don't think uh, there's so many people who have made a career already who it's like it would it wouldn't benefit them talking about it you know like for me like i won't even talk about it i give little like fuck yous like kind of like randomly but it's kind of like because i'm so happy where i'm at that it's like i can finally look back and be like you know what this was you know fucked up and i can say it's fucked up because i care about myself now and i think a lot of times back then it was so easy to like be surrounded by so many people who are picture perfect in the social media eye and then it's kind of like oh i'm not that you know and um I don't know, I'm more confident now, and so I can kind of be like, oh, you know, that was a little fucked up. <laughs> how many, how much of that Hype House audience, all those people, have carried over that are still watching you, still supporting your music, still listening to you? Would you say that's a majority of still those people? Or did you have to cultivate a whole new audience? I th Here's the thing. I think when I posted the song, it cultivated an audience, like a, a, a new audience. I think a lot of people who are, because I still post content. Like, that's the thing. I haven't gone full music. Like, I still post. But not on YouTube. No, I still post content on TikTok. And, like, that was my big, I have 15, almost 16 million followers on there. Crazy. So it's like, 
I, it doesn't feel real. I, I don't associate, I, I don't know if you do this, but I don't associate it with actual people because I feel like that's actually nuts. But, um, no, I, I, I don't think that a lot of them went over. I think it was a whole new, I'm like the niche dead parent person on TikTok, I feel like. Yes, yes, yes. So market. it's like, but I don't think anyone before was like, oh, I love Hype House because my parents are dead. Where people are like, I love Alex because he, he represents something that I, that was like for me when I lost my dad and, and when I was, you know, my mom was extremely abusive. I think that was something for me where I would constantly like be like, I'd see Logan Paul and I'd see David and I see all these people. And I'm like, that doesn't happen to people who go through what I went through. That happens to people who maybe had some adversity, but then they overcame that adversity, but they still had the support of people. So that way they could have a different plan. And A, was I wrong? B, um, it was something where like I felt like powerful that I could be able to say, hey, I did this and you can do it too just because you lost someone and you may be in a really shit position in your life right now does not mean you're not able to make this um, step in your life. Right. You know? Your first song was about your father. Yeah. What was that songwriting process like? That was, I was 15, 14 or 15, one of the, or At 13, no, 15, I was 15. Um, and I was in my room with a guitar and I think my biggest thing is I felt like I felt like when I was nine I couldn't understand the magnitude of losing my father and I think that's something that like you know it didn't hit me until I started seeing like father-daughter dances and stuff when I was like 15 and I was like holy shit I don't have a dad when did he pass uh, he passed when I was nine so um this is six years later and like this is where it like finally hit me where I'm like holy fucking shit and I just broke down crying and I was like I need to talk about this and therapy was expensive and I couldn't go to therapy because my mom wouldn't pay for it and it was just like I think I'm just going to sit down and write my thoughts and so I wrote it down on a piece of paper started playing a four chord progression on the guitar and then who were you listening to at the time? I, I wasn't really listening to much like I wasn't listening to a lot of people funny enough I, was, I mean music wise yeah no I know oh really? yeah no I was, it was like maybe like I think Shawn Mendes just blew up at that time so it's like you know you heard some of that songs but it was kind of yeah I, I think I think I, I ripped off part of Stitches <laughs> but then once Jake came in we changed a little bit of it um, but yeah it was Shawn Mendes was a huge inspiration which is cool I met him the other day twice right? yeah, yeah how did you know that? I listen okay <laughs> yeah Shawn, Shawn uh, I met him at Coachella and I don't know I think the biggest thing was like I kind of I just wanted to say hey like it, it was something for me where it was so important that he's the reason why I'm doing this or at least why I got into it. And so was, I wanted to like just say, hey, and so I introduced myself and I was like, we have a lot of mutual people like I work with his vocal coach. I work with I just had surgery with his ENT. And so he's like, oh, fuck, yeah. The next day I'm at vocal lessons when I get back from Coachella and he's at the door. And I'm like, what the fuck? And he's like, what's up, Alex? And he remembered me and he was just taught. We had a full 30 minute conversation about the surgery because I was super anxious about it. And he is so nice. It's disgusting. And he's so tall. And the dude is so hot. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird. I don't know. I don't. He was made in the lab. But I love him. I want to be friends with him so bad. What kind of connection did you feel with him? Because he broke from Vine. I think, it, yeah, it, that was, that's for me, it's like, oh, cool, it's possible. But right. the connection, I think, was just, I don't know, I think he just, he doesn't act like he's famous. And I think I like that a lot. Like, it was just very much like he took the time to talk. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply to me he didn't like he didn't you know when you talk to someone they're kind of like trying to get out of the conversation not once dude hugged me and everything i was like damn fuck yeah what's your day-to-day like now versus what it was two three years ago it's weird i'll have days i'll have like a week where i don't do anything like because, i don't have anything scheduled uh-huh. um and then all of a sudden i have the busiest two weeks of my entire life because you have sessions and kind of the way the music industry works is like you're not always just writing things like there are people who are writing like if you're ed sheeran you're writing all the time because that dude is po- fucking talented um but like i'm it, it, randomly i'll have something come to my head and you go into voice memos you put it in and then you go into a session that you scheduled like way in advance and you're like hey i want to work on this i have a book called alex's songbook and it has every single song i want to write everything i've gone through all these things and then you go in and i have a very amazing group of uh writers and producers who help me put the ideas to life where ed knows how to do it all himself so ed will just literally go into a room whenever the fuck he wants and just write eight hits in one night and it's just fucking nuts have you written with anyone um like that i've i work with a lot of cool writers who've done like um you're like, nah, nah, honey, I'm good. I could have another butter pro. Like, he did that. I, I, a lot of my the writers I work with are really sick. I love them. But I haven't worked with any famous people, no. You've only done singles. Yes. Working on an EP right now. EP? How many songs? Uh, I don't even know. I ha- I wanted to do an album, but I think an EP is, like, the safer bet, I think. In terms of what? Well, when you put out an album, it's it's this whole thing. And it's like, here is a compilation of my work that I've worked on for the last who God knows how many years. And it's like, you know, I've been working on mine for two years now, three years. And it's like that to me, I, I think I want to have a song blow up before I put out an album because I want it to kind of get the attention it deserves. 
because my entire like album or ep or whatever i'm working on is very much it's like mentally healthy for me to do you know like it's just about my mom passing away or like like all these different things and it all sums up into one thing at the end where it's like you'll be all right and it's like everyone asks is like if you could speak to yourself at nine years old what would you say like what would you tell yourself and it's like i wrote a song exactly like that what i would tell myself because i always got that question and i think that's the song it ends on so the whole project would probably be called you'll be all right kid how many songs would you try to have done before you narrow it down i have 30 40 songs probably done that i like it just comes down to which ones I want to put out and if my label is like, okay, let's run with it. Who's your label? I'm with Atlantic Records. Love them. Insane. They're, they they have some awesome people, but they also just are, are great people. Like, you hear horror stories about the music, um, the music industry. I don't, I don't think I've had any of those moments where it's like, oh my God, you know? Who reached out to who on that? Uh, they reached out to me. Oh. After One More I Love You, everyone emailed me. And um, I took meetings and I was like, I don't want to sign right now. I don't think I need to. And then I put out a few more records and I was like, fuck, this would actually help me. Like, it's not like they have a magic button that they press and you just magically become a hit overnight like they used to. Like when it was radio, they could just press a button, put a fuck ton of money behind you. And then you would be on the radio everywhere and you'd be a, a superstar like that. Now it's like you need to curate a lot of different things. So it was it was something where I was like, oh, I don't need it. Like, you know, whatever. And then I ended up taking those meetings again a year later. And I was like, you know what? Atlantic's the only people who didn't say they liked me. They didn't say they liked me. They were like, you're not that great right now. You could be a lot better and we want to help you get better. And I was like, fuck yeah, I'm going with you. Like that was the thing. Everyone else was just like, oh, you're perfect. You're great. You're a perfect fit for us. I was like, oh, thanks. But, like, that's not going to help me be a better musician. I don't want to be perfect. Like, I, I want to be better, you know? What and was the signing like? Dude, I didn't have, like, the cool-ass fucking signing everyone Everyone gets. says that now. No, no, yeah. It was something where it's like, you know, I was expecting... I was expecting, like, you know, to walk into an office, like, everyone's there, you have, like, a fucking notepad, and you sign... And I don't think I would have liked that either. I hate the attention. Like, I hate... Did you get a DocuSign? Yeah. Really? Got a fucking DocuSign. Oh, I was kidding. No, yeah. I was in the airport in Nashville just finishing a session. Um, I just finished a writing camp in Nashville, and I'm in the airport. I, my flight is delayed an hour, and I have it on video. I, I filmed it. I signed my fucking label deal on a DocuSign while laying waiting for a layover. That's so funny. <laughs> How many pages? Uh, the DocuSign was just two pages. It wasn't like because my my lawyer went through the the label deal and then just sent me the DocuSign for me to sign and then compiled it all. Yeah. Jeez. So just had the terms of the of the deal like very simplified, you know, because they have a seventy page docket that they they give you after you accept the normal terms. I just signed the normal terms. You went from creating YouTube videos that you can just come up with an idea, film it that day, and literally post it that day. Mm -hmm. Now you're assigned to somebody who has to approve what you're doing with a team of people. Well, the beautiful thing is with my deals, they don't. Like that's I I I have full veto power and that was like something important for me it was like i don't want to sign if i can't decide what happens but that being said i rely on their decisions because i'm still new people have been doing this their entire lives professionally and don't even get to the point where i'm at right now and for me i've been doing this for three years i don't know everything i don't know i can't sit there in a room and write a full song from start to finish produce it put it up and fucking you know market it and do everything like that you know, where like some people can, I'm still learning. And so I value their inputs. They hear hundreds of songs every single day to put out where I just work on my single shit. So it's like, 
it's tunnel vision and I'm fully aware of it and I don't want to be ignorant because I, my art could get better and it's like to have people help that would be awesome what kind of push or big help have they done so far for you that you didn't think you could do on your own just handling things it's kind of it's not like because you can do a lot of things independently now if you have enough money and I was paying for my music videos my music videos were thirty to fifty thousand dollars and I would pay for them out of pocket and just handle everything and then when I would go to post a song I would literally just write it and I'm blessed to be able to do that no one can fucking do that and that's fucking sick that I could do it um it felt lonely and right, your felt, own music video you're saying yeah yeah right like because I came up with them I would just hire my friend Jake which Jake is fucking insane if you've ever heard of Jake the shooter he's he's an insane uh, music video director um but it was something where I felt very alone and I felt like I didn't know what I was doing because I did not know what I was doing and there's a powerhouse of a record label who know exactly they don't know exactly what they're doing but they have an idea and it's like oh hey I have this idea can you help me with it and there's a whole team I have like 30 people on my label who actually are like working with me and it's just so nice to know that I have these different people kind of like they're in they're they have a piece of it so that you know that they're working on it some people don't get that though some people give away half their shit and then people still don't work on it because they're greedy Right. So I'm very, very lucky in that sense that I have a team that actually works. You like doing your live shows? Yes. I'm nervous as fuck always because I think when you make music like me, you can't hide behind autotune, which sucks. Like, because, you know, you melody on the record if you know anything about music that's um, individually fixing a note on a song. So if I sing something flat in the record instead of just fucking off and putting a ton of autotune on it, like where you'd hear like Post Malone and Kid Leroy and all that stuff. Like they're good singers, but they also, their style of music has a lot of autotune. Um, so when you do a live show, even if they're sick, you can literally just crank the tune and no one will notice the difference because it sounds exactly like the record. Which is so funny because Post can sing very, very well. Um, but like with kind of like the, the, I'd say like a Louis Capaldi, Adele-esque type of music, it's very like raw vocal, no tune type of thing. So when I do the live show, I have to be on or off. Like, there's not an in-between. You're either not singing or you're singing perfect. And that, for a lot of things, is really fucking scary. Especially when these songs mean so much. Like, so many people are like, oh, this song saved my life. And it's like, you want to do that song justice. You want it to sound like the record. You want it to exi- like to make them feel that certain way. And it's very difficult to do that for a lot of songs. Would there be any collaborations on your EP? No, I don't think so. I Like, that's the thing. It's so difficult. Like, I feel like I'm in the politics aspect of music. And I also haven't, I haven't proved myself yet. Like, I'm, I have one and a half million monthly listeners, which is fucking insane. And it's nuts. But, like, you can't really get a lot of features with that, <laughs> which is weird. I thought you could. But, no, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't think I will, though. What's the revenue like on that, that I actually, size? I actually don't know. You don't do that? You don't pay attention to that? Mm-mm. Which, again blessed to not have to pay attention to that but um yeah i have no idea how much money i make on music which i feel like i should yeah but i i thankfully i have people who i pay to do that at your live shows yeah you have a fiance i do is she at every show every show every show i i think she's only missed three shows and that's because i was on a tour bus that she couldn't fit on and then she kind of just snuck on and just slept in a uh in a literal fucking bunk this wide the two of you yeah and we were literally like for two weeks on on the road doing that. And uh, no, she just she loves being a part of it. It helps me a lot because I get really, really, really bad anxiety before a show, and she'll help me calm down. I throw up a few times, and she's there patting my back, and I'm like, God damn, I have it lucky, you know? I love her. I love her so much. So it's cool. I always fuck with her. I bring her on stage, um, 
because it's just funny to me. It's what's, like, what's her reaction like on that? She's like, why the fuck am I up here? And yeah. like, literally, I would be like, all right, guys, this is my fiance cover because I like to show her off. And I'm just like, look at this. And I'm like, she said yes to me. And it's just fun. I do it every show. It's awesome. You guys went from being homeless. Yeah. To now where you are. Yeah. What was your relationship like in the beginning? Because you guys started out friends right away. In the beginning, Rocky. Um, in the really, really, really beginning, it was, it was something where she, she and I were doing long distance. And I think the whole thing is we hadn't met yet, and so she was kind of entertaining other people. What were you doing? Uh, sorry, how did you guys find each other? Snapchat, funny enough. Who added who? Um, I saw her on my friend's story because my friend... My friend, uh, she moved out to Hawaii and was looking for a roommate, moved in with Cover somehow. And I saw Cover on her story, and I was like, that girl's the most beautiful girl I've ever seen. I need to fucking talk to her. And she was living in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And at the time, she had a boyfriend, and I was like, oh, I can't talk to you. Like, I, 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 I don't do that. Like, I won't talk to someone who has a boyfriend. And she was like, oh, like, and they ended up breaking up or whatever. But then, you know, we were talking for four months long distance, and we had never met. So it was like, it wasn't, I viewed it as dating and committed and she was kind of going around and seeing other people, which caused some issues. <laughs> but then she moved out. And, um, once she moved out, it was kind of like, we, we were like, I was like, you and I were that no one else, nothing else. We're good. She left Hawaii to move in with you. Yeah. So I told her I had a place to stay. Um, which was a lie, which was the lie. Yep. Like a um, complete lie. Yeah. <laughs> I was sleep. I mean, I was sleeping in cars. So it wasn't that like, yeah, no, I lied. Um, and she uh, she came out and I fully expected her to slap me at the face, turn around and go back home. And she goes, fuck it. And we went to In-N-Out that night and I introduced her to In-N-Out and, uh, because it was the only thing I could afford. And I would uh, I would ask for a water cup and fill it up with soda. I would get I knew all the cheat codes to make it all cheap. I, every meal I, I paid for it was $3.79 or something like that, which I was like, fuck yes, bro. I got a full meal for three bucks. And uh, so, yeah, we would, we would go to In-N-Out every single night. And I still to this night uh, to this day it's my favorite food. And then uh, we uh, I saved up all the money that I could, and I borrowed some money from my friends, and I got us a motel night for our first night together, which is so funny. A motel six by the water. <laughs> and then at what point did you start making money on YouTube? What was that like for the two of you? Because you both started out at rock rock bottom. Yeah, so That's insane. We would sleep on my friends when I got a job at Fish One Hundred One. My friend called. Uh, Fish One Hundred One. It's a restaurant. It's a restaurant. Yeah, I was a, a busser, and my. I was filming the vlogs when I wasn't working and my friend Colin would let us sleep in his bed. And so me, Cover, and Colin would sleep in a bed and literally the next day we worked at the same place that he'd take me to work. Cover would go to the Starbucks next door and just, you know, work on whatever. And then when I started making more money doing the vlogs, I quit that job and I just said, I'm going to fully go for this. Pardon me. I'm sorry. I have the hiccups, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I started making, uh, started making $2,000. $2,000 a month back then in 2019, 2019, I made two grand in a month. And I was like, it started at 500, went to a thousand, then 1500, then 2000. If I give it everything, I'll make 2,500. And so I got, I stopped doing the job and I started working YouTube and I, I made 3,500 the next month. What was your posting cadence? Uh, th- every three days or no, three times a week, three times a week. And so then I made three and a half. Then since I quit, I started posting every single day. How many subscribers like, were you at? Hundred, two hundred thousand, maybe three hundred thousand at that time, um, and it just went from there. It it went very quickly up, and then from there I made seven thousand, ten thousand, twenty thousand, fifty thousand. Losing your mind? Yes, and it was also something where it all happened so quick. I spent it all. I spent every single dollar on the videos or on what? 
everything on the videos. I, I the only thing I bought was a car, and I bought like a BMW, and I put ten grand down. But like all of my money was spent into like making the videos or the rent. I paid for all my friends' rent. I paid for things for them, and it was something where like you know if they're being in the videos, and then it hit a point where I was like, I can't keep doing this. Like you guys have to like get a job, or I'll make a YouTube video a channel for you. Made them YouTube channels, set them up, gave them video ideas, edited for them, filmed it for them, all that stuff, and then um, yeah, it's pretty cool. That's so sick. I know. Yeah, but I, I, I spent it all the first year, second year, and then this year is the first year I actually saved my money. Oh, that's great. I know. I finally had, like, a realization that I need to stop being a fucking degenerate. <laughs> so it's all good. I sold all my cars. I kind of just, like, saved all my money, and I was like, fuck, I feel great. How'd you propose to your fiancé? Uh, Breckenridge. We <clears> – it's in Colorado. And – um gosh I, I it's this whole day i was scared shitless i w- woke up sick first of all which i was like of course today i wake up sick so i'm like in pajamas and a sweatshirt so she doesn't she doesn't know anything different where were you hiding the ring um in my pocket i had it in a box and we went on a ski lift because i didn't know exactly where i wanted to do it i knew like the spot where i wanted to but there was just a ton of people there and i was like i don't want to just drop one knee when there's a ton of people i want it to be intimate we take a ski lift up to um, like the top. There's a restaurant up there, and we look around, and I'm like, "This is shit." Like, there's no visibility. Like, I want her to see the ring. I don't want to drop it and lose it forever. So we went back down in the ski lift. I dropped the ring. Are you like panicking? Yes, I'm fucking terrified. I'm like, I I want to throw up. I want <laughs> I want to just propose because I is I it in a box. Yeah, it's in a box. It dropped out of my pocket right in front of her. I go, oh, shoot. Grab it, put it in my pocket. She didn't know any wiser, dude. She, did, I could have dropped the craziest shit, and she would have never seen it. And I'm like, that's nuts. You aren't paying attention. <laughs> you have. I thought for sure she was like, I'm like, she knows. Michael started coming up. My friend was like, dude, you're being so sus. She knows. When do you ever want to just take pictures? I'm like, oh, I want to find a cute place to take a picture, you know? Like, for... You know, and I couldn't explain why I wanted to take a picture. And so he's like, bro, she knows. And the minute I dropped it, I'm like, this bitch doesn't know. (laughs) America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity. And the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Does not know. Um, and then, yeah, I dropped on. We were having a snowball fight. She, uh, she literally threw a snowball as hard as she could at my face. And as she's going to grab another snowball, I drop down on one knee and she turns around and she's got a snowball in her hand and if you watch the video she's got a snowball in her hand and she looks at me and she goes no fucking way and she doesn't believe me she thought I was just fucking with her because I would always pretend to propose to her because I didn't want her to know the day you know and so there's so many times where she thought I was going to propose and I didn't want to give it away and so it was sick and there's a there's a a big part of your content too was her saying when you're going to marry me the ring correct? Oh, a huge part of it so did you even have a conversation do you, are you serious? Do you actually want to do this together? Or was it kind of just known? It was known from the start. That was the thing. Like, Cobra, from, like, the second time we started talking on Snapchat, was like, 
we should get married. Like it was very much like, I don't know it, like how many people have this type of relationship, like, but it was very like a high school relationship in the beginning. Cause we were in high school practically. Um, but it was very much, like, I want to have a family with you. I want a kid. Like it was very apparent. And then once we moved in, nothing changed. And so for the last four and a half years of our relationship, almost five years now, she has constantly made it known that she wanted to get married. I grew up in a family, a broken home pretty much. My dad and my mom were going to get a divorce, but my dad was diagnosed with cancer. So they stayed unhappily married and I watched them stay married unhappily for nine years. And that to me was something where I don't want to a put my kids through that B I want, I don't want to put someone through that either. Like I, I don't want to be with someone who, is miserable you know like or like being like I don't want to the fact that I'm with them makes them miserable you know so I wanted to make sure everything you know so throughout I was like you know four years or five years of being with you if I still feel like I could absolutely like fall in love with you over and over again you're the person and I, I think there was just one night where it was like our four year anniversary and we're out at dinner and I'm staring at this girl and I'm like holy fucking shit like I feel like I'm on a first date. I feel like I could, I'm marrying you, or I feel like I'm meeting you for the first time again. And it's like, to this day, I still fall in love with her more and more every single day. And it's like, I'm not just saying that I genuinely love this girl. And it's crazy. Like, it's nuts. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to like go look at someone. I don't want to go do anything with another girl. Like, I genuinely just want to be with her. And I'm like, all right. And I texted her grandma and she made me a ring. It was sick. Her grandma made the ring? Yeah, the ring that she's wearing right now, she made it for her. What did you do right after? Right after we, I proposed? Yeah. How'd you celebrate? We got in the car. Uh, we called our parents because I asked them for their blessing. So it was kind of like, oh, sick. Like, you know, that was, oh, talk about nerves, bro. I don't, you, you got, did you get the parents' blessing? Uh, I, her, I talked to her mom, like, a few months before. And that was, she, like, went inside for, like, five minutes. And bro, I was able to have that conversation. I, I w- we went to Hawaii. And I was like, oh, I really want to go to Hawaii. Like, let's go. And because her family lives in Hawaii. Like, she's from Hawaii. And her, we, we go to a barbecue. And I quite literally, I'm shitting myself. They finally go inside. And I go, I didn't, I, no one told me how to do this. No one, I'm like, so forgive me, forgive me if this sounds, like, really bad. I, I said that. I go, I, I didn't have a dad growing up, so I don't know what the proper way to do this oh is. Oh, my God. But I wish I was there to watch this. I was like, but... <laughs> I love your daughter so very much. She is the absolute fucking perfect person. And I want to spend the rest of my life with your daughter. Can I please have your blessing to marry her? They both broke down crying. And I was like, they were like, they, they, oh my God, it was amazing. It was so good. And, and and I was so nervous going up to it. And I shouldn't have been because it was like, you know, they, they truly love us together. They love me. And it was it, it's so sick. I'm so happy. But yeah, that was so fucking scary. <laughs> so when she made the ring, mm-hmm. she mailed it to you? Yeah. God, that was also stressful. There was a fucking box and 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 I ordered I she made it custom. And so Cover has sent me rings from the beginning of the time we started dating. And I took all the rings and I kind of made a a ring that is all has all the great parts of all of them and it just it encapsulates into one ring. And I forgot I fucking ordered it or like I forgot that she was sending it so when I get a package I'm like what is this fucking package did she see it no but she's like I don't know sweetheart and I'm like I'm opening it and she goes oh it's from my grandma immediately close it (laughs) immediately close it I go to my studio and I'm like and she goes what did she send you I go oh she was just sending me like I have a medical bracelet because the bullet in my lung and so I was like oh she just sent me uh, some cleaner for the medical bracelet (laughs) and she's like Okay. I'm like, there's no way you bought that. 
Oh, there was so many times where I thought I thought she was gonna fucking. Someone almost fucking ruined it too. I told a ton of people that I was going to Breckenridge to to propose, but before I was supposed to propose in Big Bear, but Big Bear didn't snow, and she's from Hawaii. She's never seen snow. She wanted to go see snow, and I wanted to do it in snow because like that, she's always gonna remember that with snow and like a good feeling. I forgot to fucking do it. Not forgot. I, I didn't do it in at the beginning of December. I did it at the end of December. And so someone who didn't know that I didn't do it was like, how'd the proposal go? In front of me in Cover. And I go, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and they go, they go, the, pro, the oh, you didn't do the proposal. Oh, and I go, I go, yeah, I'm so sorry. I have no idea what you're talking about. And turned around and Cover goes, what's that about? I have no idea. It's <laughs> so funny. I know. So it's like, Starting to fucking wonder how Cobra didn't know. Yeah, I'm sorry. Did you just graze over? There's a bullet in your lung. Yeah. Oh, I, I feel like you knew that. I didn't know that one. Oh yeah. Uh, my friend's dad shot me with a. Uh, it's like a, bear, a little smaller than a 22 LR. If you're familiar with your guns, it's kind of like a BB, but um, it was with an air rifle. And he had pointed at me and he goes, um, "Fuck! What did he say? He didn't know it was loaded." And I ran. And he shot me in the back. It went through my leg. By accident? Yeah. Like, he didn't... I was filming a vlog. Like, that's the thing. It was on camera. And I ended up deleting the footage because I didn't want him to get in trouble because he was, like, a father figure to me. But we filmed it. Like, my friend Ryland, if you know who Ryland Storms is, had my camera, was filming it all go down, and he he had said, film this, it's going to be funny. And then I walk outside, and he goes, run. Doesn't think it's loaded. Shoots me in the back. I get shot in the liver shoots up goes around my heart barely misses and then plunges into my lung and so it like cut like a few nerves i was bleeding internally for a good it the pain oh my god i can't even imagine what it's like to get shot with like a nine mil or like those gnarly ass rounds because this was fucking crazy like it, it hurt so bad it, i would at the time I, I kept saying kill me like it was that bad like it was it was almost as if someone had a knife in your stomach and was just doing that not fun. You went to the hospital right away. Yeah, this yeah. is in a vlog bit. It was supposed to be. We were. They like. It's kind of like. Have you ever you you vlog right? Yeah. Or you, yeah, yeah. Have you ever had someone take your camera? Yeah. And then been like, well, like you weren't there, and then once you walk in, they like film something for you. Yeah. So my friend's dad was like, "Here, film this. Is it'll be funny." And he has my friend holding my camera. It's like a Nikon D thirty three hundred with like a road mic on top of it. And he picks up this air rifle and he goes, he doesn't know it's loaded, but his sons just were playing with it out back. And he, and I walk outside and he goes, run. And they filmed the whole entire thing. And then I ended up deleting the footage because the cops, obviously when you go to the hospital for a GSW, the cops come. Got and, shot wound? Yeah. And so like, they're like, how did this happen? And I'm like, it's ricochet. It flew off a, a, a rock, like all this stuff. It's crazy. When in reality, he just shot me. <laughs> how did I not know this? I don't know. Did you t- post? It's my entire personality. Yeah, it's my entire. I'm the dead dad kid who got shot. Like that's. Why. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, nothing else. Oh my god. Okay, so <laughs> back to the proposal. Yeah. Back to love. Love. Now you propose. You guys are planning your wedding. Yeah. When's yeah. that? That's in June next year. Um, I'm really, really fucking excited for that. That's something where like. I'm very like the Covers dream wedding. I want her to fully have it. My whole thing is as long as I'm getting married to you and I can have my friends there, I don't care what it is. Have me in pink, have me in tan. I don't care what color I'm wearing. I don't care what suit I'm wearing. As long as it's like, as long as you're happy and I know that you're not stressed and you had the best night of your life, it'll be the best night of my life. 
that type of thing. And so she's like, okay, cool. And she, she's having a blast. She's fucking planning out her dream princess wedding. I'm wearing tan, I think. Everything. She's like, oh, do you want this? I'm like, yes. Do you want it? And she's like, yes. And I'm like, perfect. It's the easiest thing. Cause, like, you hear about weddings and, like, they're very stressful. They're, I mean, you just had one. Yeah. They're stressful as shit. I don't know how yours was. Like, it, it was you were you involved in it heavily? Or? Yeah, I was definitely involved in it heavily, but as a groom, there's a lot less responsibility. Yeah. And that I will never fully understand the stress that she had for taking on the big responsibility. For sure. Because as much as it is about me, too, it's also really about her. I mean, no one looks at the groom suit. Everyone looks at the bride's dress. Yeah, and, like, my whole thing is, like, I, I would elope tomorrow and spend the rest of my life with you as long as we're married. Like, it doesn't... This is something, in my opinion, something like this magical night that we're both going to have, but it's something that means a lot to you, and I want it to be perfect for you. Yeah. And it's like, that's where I'm at, you know? That's what we did. We got... We eloped at yeah. the Santa Barbara Courthouse back in July, and we didn't tell anybody about it, mm-hmm. and just our family was there, and I think that was the coolest thing, because we got to have two weddings, and we had that entire month of just the two of us. Like, we're fucking married. No one yeah. knows about this. Yeah, yeah, And, like, yeah. she had the ring and everything, but no one knew about it. That's sick. And then we had the real party wedding because we also wanted our friend to be the minister, I yeah, guess. Yeah, And I'm, The guy who shot me is going to be mine. Oh, great. Maybe <laughs> he'll do it again. <laughs> we wanted him to do it, but he wasn't ordained. So we had to go to the courthouse anyway to get it done. Yeah. And I think that that made it even more special that we had that entire month where just the two of us knew the secret and no mm-hmm. one else knew. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. That's sick, dude. Are you going to have kids? Yeah. When are you planning on it? Mm, probably in like a year or two because we want to enjoy the time now and just kind of just travel and do our thing. Mm. And I think that's a special time, too, that we have to really appreciate. Yeah. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, Cover just wants to pop them out now. How many? <laughs> uh, she wants three, I think. No more than that. She has PCOS and endometriosis, if you know what that is. She has cysts on her ovaries. So after 28, she'll have to freeze her eggs. Um, so How old is she now? She's 23. Oh, okay. So I think we're going to start in a year or two. We're just like, I mean, we're both, I'm 22. Like, yeah. we're, we're young, but it's also like, she wants to be a young mom. I thankfully can financially support kids. And um, I'm excited. I My whole entire life, I feel like has been, like, I feel like I've been living in my dad's, like, or emulating what my dad wanted to do. And I think the biggest thing is like, you know, moving down to San Diego, having a place up here, raising kids down in San Diego, teaching them how to surf, how I grew up, like skate and like be able to ride your bike to the beach. And like, I can't wait to be a dad. It's going to be hard, but like, I cannot wait to be able to like give them a life I didn't have. And I think there's some therapeutic thing in that. (laughs) And most of your time now is spent down there. No, no, I wish it was. I think the thing is like, I mean, you know how LA is. It's just not necessarily enjoyable. There's you hear about robberies every fucking two minutes here. Like you hear about shootings here. Like and you, you have shootings everywhere. But I think it's just so likely it happens here. There's traffic everywhere. There's not like I grew up in the beach. Like I love being by the ocean. I love the the weather by the ocean. I love. I grew up with authentic Mexican food that you don't really get here. And it's like, that's like kind of like, cause we're so close to the border. And it's like, I grew up speaking Spanish. I've lost that. And it's like, I want to learn Spanish again. I want to surf all the time. I want to kind of like, and then come up here and do my music and then I'll have a studio down there and I'll write down there and learn how to do everything. And it's exciting. That's so cool. I know. Oh, it's so weird. Happy. It's weird. That's I don't sick. know. Cool. I don't know. Not a lot of people like aspire. Like a lot of people love it here. Like, and, and, and I'm envious of that because it's like, you know, I, I, I live here and I'm, I, I hate every day of it, but, um, some people absolutely love it here, which is cool. Yeah. 
So what's next for you? Song coming out soon? Yeah, music. I think a lot of it's just like I, writing music is really sick. It's also something where like now you have to be before you could just be a musician. Now you have to be a musician and a social media star. I have the social media aspect down, but being able to advertise my music in a way that doesn't come off like everyone else is difficult. I think everyone just sits in front of a car, like sits in a car in front of a phone and goes, I wrote the song of the summer and then <laughs> plays the song. And it's like, I feel like I want to figure out a different way to promote it. I just don't know yet. So I don't know. I think uh, right now I'm really focused on like making the music better and figuring out how to kind of like break into because I feel like my music can help a lot of people. So like, how do I get it in front of more people? You know, and that's the question. I'm so excited to hear the new songs. I know I can't. I'll send you some. Oh please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll send you the whole thing, and then you can tell me which one your favorite. I, I'm doing a focus group to see who like people who don't know me. What's the best song? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I'm hiring a fuck ton of people. It's gonna be sick. Oh awesome! Hell yeah. Mr. B style. Guys, go <laughs> check out Alex's songs. They're yes, be, please. Like, the whole Spotify, everything, YouTube channel, music videos. They're being gonna be linked down below fuck yeah thanks so much for coming thanks for having me awesome lightweights out cool thank you thank you that was great sick of being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 dollars more you'll reach sweat platinum at Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.